Welcome in, episode 208, What's Right with Nick Wright. Massive show today. My favorite sports weekend is coming up this weekend. Better than the Super Bowl, better than the NBA Finals, better than Conference Championship Weekend. I believe the single best sports weekend we have is Divisional Round Weekend in the NFL. Two games Saturday, two games Sunday, usually at least six of the best eight teams throughout the year are playing And we've got some unbelievable matchups in the AFC and some shocking matchups in the NFC. So a ton to do. First, as we always do, what missed the cut? Caleb Williams enters the NFL draft as every single person with a brain knew he was going to do. Unless you were following fake Twitter feeds or believing that he was going to stay in the stay in school nonsense. Indiana Airport. Adds a basketball court for the All-Star game. That's dope. I love this idea. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, there's the guy from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I guess, sent out some tweet at the Emmys. I don't really care about this. That guy talked shit to me on Twitter once, so I'm not that. You know what? That might be unfair. Hold on. That might have been one of his co-hosts. One of the Always Sunny in Philadelphia guys, the one that's not Danny DeVito, uh... He talked trash to me. I'm not sure which one it was. My apologies if that was a bad stray for him. It was one of the two guys on the show. All right. Demonze's here. Demonze, you and I got to be on our best performances today. You never know who's listening. I got a text yesterday from the writer and creator of Billions, the guy who created Rounders, Brian Koppelman who was texting me saying he was listening to our Friday podcast while at the gym and laughing at all my losing NFL picks, which is kind of unfair. (laughs) Went three and three against the spread, really three and two, because that Bills bet should have been voided because it was uh, we took the Steelers plus the 10 because they're going to be playing in a blizzard, and then they moved the game. And so that bet should have been voided, but whatever, we'll take the three and three. Would have had different math on that game if we knew it was going to be in perfect conditions. But you never know who's listening. Never know, or who's watching in that case. You know, the Koppelman makes television, makes movies. Maybe if he was in charge of winning time, you would have gotten the Byron Russell or the Byron Scott role. Maybe if you had gotten the Byron Scott role, that show wouldn't have been canceled. So I'm going to give you time to prep with that sitting on your chest because I want to start not with the Eagles, but with the Chiefs and then Chiefs Bills. So I am downright flabbergasted by the national media's response to the Chiefs wildcard game. I don't understand it. The seemingly unanimous, yeah, we didn't learn anything about the Chiefs. Yeah, the same issues as that they had during the year, same concerns. My it is, That game was all about Miami's injuries, Miami not being good enough. Guys, Miami's injuries were on the defensive side of the ball. Miami's offense was fully functional and got eviscerated by the best defense in the NFL, statistically or eye test. Only Baltimore has an argument. Certainly not Cleveland anymore after we saw what happened to them. C.J. Stroud lighting their asses on fire for three hours Saturday afternoon. 
And and that's not a knock on CJ, but if you're a great defense, a great defense, you don't allow 45 points, you don't allow 30 points every time you go on the road. Chiefs haven't allowed Chiefs have allowed 30 points once in two years in the Super Bowl and they won it. But set that aside. Uh Miami's offense was 0 for 10 on their first 10 first down, third downs, made one play all game because it was an underthrow that allowed Tyreek to come back for the ball, made two made Anyone who had advocated for Tua Tungavailoa want to go back and erase those tweets or takes. And offensively, Kansas City, for the second consecutive week when they played their starters, moved the ball at will, didn't turn the ball over, scored on almost every drive they had the ball. Oh, Nick, what about the red zone? Let's talk about the red zone. They're in the red zone six times, scored two touchdowns, so that's good. One of the times they didn't score a touchdown, they did. And it was called back on an egregious block in the back penalty. A, pi- a block in the back penalty that was iffy as far as did he actually block him in the back, but then totally incorrect when you see the guy who got called for the block in the back, Juwan Taylor, got shoved in his back, which made him fall into the blocker. Who, by the way, Rasheed Rice was already passed. So that would have been three for six in the red zone. And it would have been a 30-7 to game. Then you remember that the Chiefs had a first and goal from the one that they didn't convert because Patrick Mahomes' helmet shattered in two places. And on the critical play on the drive, they should have used a timeout, by the way. That's their mistake. They couldn't get a play in, essentially, because Mahomes was out there switching helmets and doing crazy stuff. So if you watched that game... You were like, oh, same Chiefs problems from during the year. I don't know what the hell you saw. All year long, I have heard people say, gosh, if they could just have one receiver step up. Rasheed Rice had 130 yards and a touchdown. Would have been 140 and two touchdowns if not for the block in the back call. Oh, man, what's wrong with Travis? Now, Travis had some drops, no doubt about it. But Travis looked healthy and spry. That week off helped him. Oh my! So the oh, but Nick, but it was the weather. the The weather was there for both teams going into that game. The most passing yards in the three coldest games ever played. No one had cracked one seventy five. Mahomes had two sixty. With 50 yards of Kelsey drops. So, here is what is going to be the frustrating part. And now, I'll bring it to the Bills. The Kansas City Chiefs played the 11-win, 6-seed Miami Dolphins and beat them by 19 points. And everyone's response was, yeah, whatever. The Buffalo Bills, last night, beat the 7-seed, 10-win Pittsburgh Steelers by 14 points. And everyone's response is going to be, oh my God, look at the Bills. Holy sh! are they terrifying. And I just want to know, go ahead, Demonte, go. I just I think it's just because they're rolling right now. It's the momentum. Um, they the, do seem pretty scared. So th- scary. 
So they're on a nice winning streak. I agree. I don't think anyone thinks they played great at the end of the year. They played great against. They played well against the Chiefs. They played great against Dallas. Then they obviously didn't play well against the Chargers and got away with it. The Patriots game was a joke and got away with it. And the Dolphins game, they had their pluses and minuses. But that's not that's not my problem. I will be, you know, continue to carry the mantle of the only honest and consistent person in sports media. And I will say, I was very impressed by the Bills last night. Josh Allen played a clean game. Josh Allen made three or four holy bleep plays. Their defense, despite the injuries, made big stops or made big, forced big turnovers. And the Bills were in firm control of that game throughout. Even when it was a seven-point game in the fourth quarter, the Bills felt in firm control. I was impressed by the Bills. What I am going to be baffled by is folks who yesterday told us how unimpressed they were by the Chiefs' 19-point victory over a good but not great team, being wildly impressed by Buffalo's 14-point victory over a mediocre team. That part is not really going to square in my brain, but the real answer is because People have decided the Chiefs can only be impressive by scoring 35 points. Had the Chiefs beaten the Dolphins 35-31, I think they would have gotten more praise than beating them 26-9. Or 26-7, pardon me, I gave the Dolphins an extra two points. I think that people have not recognized, and here's the other part of the red zone struggles. I think Mahomes has recognized with the defense playing the way it is, that there is no reason to take any chances in the red zone if you have three points locked up. Now, if he gets in a shootout next week against Buffalo, I think you will see him throw the ball into the end zone in tight windows and take more chances because he will have to. But just like the Bengals game and now this game against Miami, when your defense is throttling the opposition the way it it was, and even the game where the Chiefs looked terrible, the Raiders game, the defense didn't allow a completed pass for three quarters. They lost because of back-to-back pick six, fumble six, mistakes by Patrick. And so I think he is throttling back the aggressiveness because the goal is to win the damn game. And knowing right now I'm in a spot like I, where I only have to make three to five great plays a game. One of them was the fourth and four run for 28 yards. One of them was the Maybe third and 10 on the opening drive. And are always so high for Josh Allen. Josh Allen doesn't play like he just has to win the game. He plays the game like he has to be a hero. Maybe that's why they're more impressed. But you said he played a more clean game with the Steelers, so. What you're saying there, but yeah, yeah no, maybe Patrick Holmes isn't as flashy and as powwow gunslinging like Josh Allen. No, the only thing that's right, and the only thing that'll continue to be flashy about Mahomes after this season is his first, second, and third Super Bowl ring. While Josh right. Allen, with all his flash and wow and everything, is <laughs> you know what I mean? They're hanging AFC East banners like that's that's fine. Uh, and so now there is a lot, Demonze, of discussion 
about where this game is being played, correct? Chiefs Bills? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it going to Yeah, it's it's gonna take Go place ahead. in Buffalo, right? So it's Buff- gonna be Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen inside of Buffalo, which I'm sure Josh Allen's super excited about. I don't know how Patrick Mahomes is feeling about it. So, so that's so. Th- there is a lot of discussion. Mahomes' first road playoff game, which is true, right? He's played fifteen playoff games, twelve at Arrowhead. By the way, those twelve games at Arrowhead, I saw it. It's ten and two with two overtime losses. The touchdown interception ratio for Mahomes in those twelve AFC playoff games he's played, thirty-one to three. Two of them came in the only bad half he's ever played of playoff football, the second half of the AFC title game against Cincinnati. Uh, outside of that half, he's 31-1 to touchdown-interception ratio in his playoff career pre-Super Bowl. And so every, people are pointing out correctly, ooh, Mahomes never played in a road playoff game. And he hasn't. But he's played, obviously, in plenty of road regular season games. So let's look at the data as they see, say. Mahomes... At home in his career, 36-11. and 11. Holy crap, that's great. Mahomes on the road in his career, 38-11. and 11. Well, that's a little bit better. Mahomes at home in his career, 65% completion percentage. That's pretty good. Mahomes on the road in his career, 68% completion percentage. By golly, that's better. Mahomes at home in his career, 7.5 yards per attempt. Mahomes on the road in his career, 8.3 yards per attempt. Well, that's better. Mahomes at home in his career. 100 touchdowns to 30 picks. That's a th- better than 3 to 1 touchdown interception ratio. You got to be kidding me. Mahomes on the road in his career. 119 touchdowns to 33 picks. Well, that's even better. Mahomes at home in his career. A 99 passer rating. Pretty good. Mahomes on the road in his career. A 108 passer rating. Well, that's the best in NFL history. So, yeah, we've never seen Patrick Mahomes play on the road in the playoffs. Turns out that might mean we've never seen the best Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. I'm not saying that's going to be the case. This game is different, though. This game is very different, I feel like. Just because of the whole whole narrative with the Chiefs and the Bills – the 13 seconds, What's like the Josh Allen's Tell been, me about it. been waiting to get his. The Chiefs just keep bouncing him out of the playoffs. I think this is going to be super. Yeah. Like I think this is personal. Yeah, I think it's going to be any regular road road play, uh, playoff game for Patrick Mahomes. No, this, I agree. I agree with you. It it um, you actually nailed it. It is far and away the biggest game anyone on the Bills other than Von Miller has ever played. Far and away, the biggest game they've ever played. It's huge. And for the Chiefs, it's the sixth biggest game they've played in the last <laughs> four years. So, I mean, listen, maybe maybe that speaks to you don't uh, think the Bills this, advantage. This game is I, I guess I guess that's that's what? fair. Um Yeah, I because of the, the I round the round that it's in. I, I do think it's just as big for the Chiefs though. I think I, th- I think Why? they really want to. They obviously really want to win this game as well. No, I think there's a lot of stakes no, no, on no. it. So I I agree. No, no, no. For the this game in 2023 is I guess equally big for the Chiefs and Bills. I agree with that. 
The point I am making is, so if you and I are riding in a car together and the car's going 80 miles an hour, we're going the same speed, you and I both, right? But if for if I have never been in a car that's gone over 70 and you used to be on the F1 circuit, it's going to feel differently for the two of us, right? So if you're the Bills... And this is the biggest moment of any of your careers. And if you're the Chiefs, it is the third biggest game you have played in the last 12 months. It's gonna, as the kids say, hit a little different. And so we'll see. <laughs> nice analogy. We'll see. <laughs> I, I, I mean, we'll just we'll just see how that works out for the Buffalo Bills. Because they famously have a cool as a cucumber coach, you know, who never tightens up in big spots. They they have they have a quarterback who, who you know who while makes all these amazing plays, he never does a oh my god, what did he just do? So I'm excited. Listen, the Bills are obviously Huge better. Game. They're the favorites. They're the hottest team. They have the quarterback who's playing better. They're at home, like the. So I mean, between the, would, no would this, would this be Chiefs. a bigger game for you than the Chiefs, or a bigger game for you than uh for the Bills? Because I feel like at this point you've got a lot riding on this game. No, listen, I no. So I'm like the Chiefs. I, I've been written off on this. I said the Bills were gonna miss the playoffs. I've got egg on my face, no matter what. It doesn't really matter. Like the listen, we all know that every listen. I'm the only person that all year long has believed in the Chiefs. I've clearly been wrong. It's my hometown bias playing into effect. The Chiefs are lucky to be in this position. The Bills, you know, should have beaten them a couple years ago. The Bills maybe could have beaten them last year. The Bills have owned them in the regular season. Now this game's in Buffalo. Josh Allen is hot. The Chiefs are flawed. The Chiefs, you know, can't move the football. That Mahomes is, you know, the Kelsey's distracted. Like, so, I are you yeah, hedging right no, now? No, people are probably right. I'm sorry. I thought you said it seems like you're hedging right now, and you once said hedging no, for no, no. I just you, no, I like. just think you've convinced me, and the and the producers have convinced me, and just seeing maybe everyone's right that the you know the. There's no reason the Bills should lose this game. I mean, is Patrick Mahomes going to always beat Josh Allen in the playoffs? Are the Bills never going to get past the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, no, of course they'll never do it at some doubt. point. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see how this goes. If by the off chance, somehow, the Chiefs this year, with that broken offense... Missing Eric Bieniemy, with a rookie wide receiver as their top wide receiver, and aging Travis Kelsey, when they limped into the playoffs, and now they're on the road in Buffalo. If this year, under those circumstances, they beat a Bills team that's won seven, six in a row, that is the favorite, that's at home, that has Josh Allen coming off his best playoff game in two years, if somehow Kansas City were to win in that spot, 
you would have to start to ask yourselves, can the Bills ever beat this team? And I'm sure that's yeah. not what they're going to be thinking about. I'm sure if they're trailing four in the second half, that won't creep into their minds of the fans. You won't hear you all of a sudden. Orchard Park has a nervous energy, it seems, Jim. You won't hear that from Tony Romo. Uh, oh, Josh Allen. Oh, you didn't need to throw it, throw, make that pass, Josh. You didn't need to take that chance. I'm sure that won't, that we won't hear that. I'm sure. Jim, that's why Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Even this year, under these circumstances, in this building. Oh, he's foreshadowing. He comes in and says, this conference is still mine. I'm sure we won't hear any of that. So, yeah, listen, the the Bills should probably spend part of this week prepping for Houston and Baltimore, one of the two, because <laughs> they, you know what I mean? They've got what well, I mean, who right now, right now, if we're ranking playoff teams. The Chiefs are what ahead of just the Bucks. I don't know. I mean, so just the Bucks. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I know. I know this week. Definitively, no one's jumping ahead of the Ravens and Niners, correct? No. I know the Lions got more love for their one point victory than the Chief over the Rams than the Chiefs did. I know the Packers got way more love for what they did, no pun intended with Jordan Love, than the Chiefs did. I know they did. And I know right now what? Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean what Jordan Love did was was crazy. Like he, yeah, he deserved deservedly so. Right. All yeah, right. sure. Because you, you don't know, like this whole sarcastic so, rant. I know if you were being sarcastic. Who said too. I'm being sarcastic? No, no, no. I, I'm just saying. So you have the Ravens, you have the Niners, you have the Lions, you have the Packers. Uh, <laughs> obviously, what the Texans and C.J. Stroud did. I mean, I see people asking questions. Is C.J. Stroud the quarterback you would take over any other quarterback for the next decade? That includes, <laughs> like, I see those questions. So obviously, Houston is there. Then you have the Bills. It goes without saying. So it's really just the Tampa. Just Tampa. Just Baker and Patrick, you know, two nobody believes in us guys. Scrappy teams, <laughs> kind of lucky to get into the postseason to see what the hell happens. All right. So while clearly I've been wrong about the Chiefs all year, and I'm about to have all this egg on my face and not take one of the greatest victory laps ever in about six days, Let's talk about a team, a different team, that I was called a hater on, that I didn't know what I was talking about, that I didn't let, you know, that I was afraid of the Eagles and didn't and was jealous of the overall strength of their roster. And Jalen Hurts was, you know, outplayed Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Never forget that storyline. That I know he lost and he had the fumble that, you know, flipped the game. I know, and they couldn't move the ball in the second half, but really he outplayed Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, if we're being fair. The only person who wouldn't admit that was a diehard Chiefs fan. That team set up for a dynastic success. How let's let's update how their season ended, Demonze. Let's go to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles the Eagles were embarrassed by the Bucks in Baker Mayfield last night. Um, oh. I think that was the first ever time that I saw the tush push fail in live time, and it was at the one-yard line. Um, are you ready to Can raise I, your on, voice? Hold on, real quick. Hold on, Go real ahead. quick before you do that. Go to my Twitter. Again, I you know I've gotten obviously just everything wrong this season. Purdy probably wins the Super Bowl, the whole thing. 
Um, but uh, I did on Friday, and you can check the video. You're going to have to scroll down a bit. On Friday, when I picked the Bucks to beat the Eagles, I said, and as a capstone to the Nick Sirianni era, they go for two on the tush push and fail. And last night in that football game, they went for two on a tush push and failed. And it was from the one, not even from the two-yard line, because that's why they did it. But go ahead. Um, ask your question. Jalen Hurts got looked you. in a bad way on that play as well. But are you ready to raise your voice on your Jalen Hurts is not that great of a quarterback and Nick Sirianni is not that great of a coach take? Well, the Nick Sirianni take I've been yelling from the mountaintops. Yeah. I mean, that team quit. <laughs> that that team yeah. that team did not – I've never seen that in my life watching football. I've never seen a team in the first quarter of a playoff game look like they didn't want to be there. They looked like a team that was playing out the string Devontae on a 4-12 season. playing his ass off, though. Devontae like Smith he played was the well. only active Fletcher one. Cox – Fletcher Cox, you know, who might have been his last game as an Eagle. There were some. But I, they looked like a team that was either on the wrong end of a 40-point playoff blowout in the fourth quarter just trying to get out of there, or a team that was a four-win team playing their final game of the year just trying to get out of there. And they looked like that from the opening snap. That's a coaching problem. The fact that they had no answers for the Todd Bowles blitz is a coaching problem. The fact that they had a bad defense, changed defensive coordinators, and instantly got the worst defense in the NFL is a coaching problem. And folks thought I didn't like Nick Sirianni because he mean mugs the camera because of his histrionics because he yelled, I don't hear now, Chiefs fans. No, that's why he was annoying. I didn't like him as a coach because we have no reason to believe he's good. None. He play he did play calling for the Eagles for the first six games when he was the head coach. They weren't good. He turned it over. They got good. He had Shane Steichen running the offense. It was awesome. Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon leave. He's grasping at straws for defensive coordinators after that. And on offense, Jalen Hurts massively regresses. So... Yeah, the, the the offense of, hey, A.J. Brown's down there somewhere, chuck it up, doesn't really, isn't that sustainable, especially when A.J. Brown is at a UFC fight with a knee injury instead of with the team. So, that yeah, there's problems there. And I feel sick for Jason Kelsey that this is how it ended. He deserved yeah. better. He's a Hall of Famer. Um... But the easy thing, as we talked about last week, the easy thing is to fire the coach and offer Bill Belichick four years, a hundred million bucks. That's the easy thing to do. The more difficult thing to do is to have a long conversation with your general manager and be like, um, Howie? I know everyone fell all over themselves to uh, to talk about your cap machinations and 
draft style and all of it, but maybe the strategy of just drafting Georgia players and totally ignoring the linebacker and safety position wasn't as cutting edge as we thought it was. The really difficult conversation is the one that you're afraid to have out loud, which is, and yeah, I won't whisper it this week, are we sure Jalen Hurts is good? Are we sure Jalen Hurts is good? I Not, not is he elite. That ship has sailed. The answer to that question, no. Now, he's paid like he's elite, so it's a problem. But if he's good, but not elite, you can get by with that contract. But when you look at Jalen Hurts, and this is again the point that I tried to make before, and people got annoyed with me, Jalen Hurts in high school, No one thought franchise quarterback in the NFL. So it's good. Dual threat, good. Jalen Hurts at Alabama. No one thought franchise quarterback in the NFL. Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. No one thought franchise quarterback in the NFL. Jalen Hurts in the draft. When you, nobody has you as a first round pick. And you're considered a second or third round pick. Jalen Hurts, when he then ends up being drafted, late second round. That is the world telling you. No one thought he was a franchise quarterback in the NFL. Jalen Hurts, his rookie year. Nope. Jalen Hurts, his second year. Nope. Jalen Hurts, his fourth year. Nope. Jalen Hurts, his third year. Holy s***. The guy's dealing in the Super Bowl. If it were the opposite, let me tell you the opposite career arc of that. A player who was the, no, it's not Trevor. Uh Uh-uh. But you're actually oddly close, but no, it's not. Um, a player who in high school was considered best player in college was transcendent could have won a Heisman was a no doubt number one pick came in as a rookie and threw for almost 4,000 yards 26 touchdowns in a different era of football second year was spectacular and was 13 and three third year led the league in touchdown passes and passing yards fourth year was six and ten damn near led the league in interceptions looked like he super regressed and then went back to being who he'd always been. That player's Peyton Manning. Franchise quarterback, franchise quarterback, franchise quarterback, franchise quarterback, franchise quarterback. What the hell's wrong with him? Franchise quarterback, franchise quarterback. That is the inverse of the Jalen Hurts story. Tweener fringe, tweener fringe, tweener fringe, tweener fringe, franchise quarterback, tweener fringe. I don't know. People didn't overreact to Peyton's bad year. They might have overreacted to Jalen's great one. Sorry. I, and part of, 
And Demonza, you tell me if you think I'm being unfair here. Part of what's supposed to be special about Jalen is the leadership, the steady hand, right? The demeanor. So then doesn't he have to wear a little bit more than your typical quarterback would that his team flat out quit? That the team totally fell apart at the end? Is that fair? Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I don't know. Tough times in Philly. And it's also another example. Super Bowl windows, super overrated. Your window is this season and then go see. Super, like the, the unless you have, honestly, one of the five best quarterbacks ever. Your Super Bowl window is, we'll see, year to year. That's it. So, And it doesn't mean it, it doesn't open back up, but this idea that it's just perpetually open, that's not what history tells us. It's just not. And so, what? Go ahead. It looks like you want to uh, say No. Uh, I... The game was the game was bad. Uh, the Bucks the Bucks allowed them so many times to get back into the game last night, and it was just just couldn't get. Yeah, there. I mean, the, um, yeah, the, the Bucks had drops. The Bucks, you know, were taking bad yeah. sacks, and they still dominated every step of it. Um, all right, let's move on to Baker and the Bucks. Go ahead. Baker's stock has never been higher. Uh, the transition from the goat has gone seamlessly in Tampa. Uh, the Lions probably think that they have an easy path to the NFC Championship, but do you think this is the start of something really great for Baker Mayfield? Well, listen, it's already been something really great. He had a better year as the Tampa quarterback than Tom Brady did last year. That's inarguable. That's statistically, that's winning, that's playoff performance, that's all of it. He also became the first Tampa quarterback in franchise history to have a 300-yard, three-touchdown playoff game. Joe Buck said that on the broadcast last night, and I was like, that cannot be right. And then I looked it up. I was like, that's right. And he could have got way more. There was a couple times he got it out there to Evans, I think, on deep routes. They were just drops. Evans, Kate Otten, just stone Mm -hmm. Drops now a couple of those drives they scored touchdowns anyway because Philly didn't want to tackle anybody. Right, but yeah, the um, so this is already for Baker, already a great story. The Lions should win that game. Weird spot though. So I think the Bucks are going to be able to move the ball on that Lions defense, and then the other concern is the old emotional letdown spot. You always got to watch out for the team that, you know, had such a, this, you know what, this happened to the Chiefs, the year they beat the Bills, that when they beat, well, you, I know what you're thinking, which year that they beat the Bills, I I, <laughs> I get it, the, the, uh, the year they beat the Bills in the 13 second game. The next week, they didn't come out flat, but the next week, they fell apart in the second half against Cincinnati. That was such a catharsis for Detroit. You worry about him a bit there. And then the other thing, did you see your guy, Jared Goff, my pal, Tiny Hands, his numbers, pressured, not pressured? Because they're stunning. Yeah, no, they're they're skewed, I imagine. Um, No, but uh, when I... uh, so hold up. I'm going to read you the exact numbers. 
because he was only pressured on six dropbacks in that game, okay? So 21 passes where he was not pressured. He was 21 of 21. 13 yards per pass, a 135 rating. See, 0 for 6 21 of 21 when he's not pressured. Just throwing darts. Pressured. 1 for 6, 11 yards, less than 2 yards per pass, a 39.6 rating, and that doesn't include the play where he was being pressured, so he turned backwards and threw a chest pass towards his own end zone that could have so been same the defensive strategy play of the game. that they had towards the Eagles is what you're saying. Light him up. Now, the right. Eagles have a real offensive coaching staff. Ben Johnson will be ready for it, so it won't be as easy. But right. there are some spots there where you could see a world where Baker Mayfield is playing in the NFC title game. And I will get to him in a minute. Maybe a Baker Mayfield Jordan Love NFC title game. Holy moly. We'll get to Jordan Love, your guy, in a second. Uh, And then my real miss on the year. I think this is going to go down as my only big miss of the year. You can say the Bills were, but I had the Bills in the playoffs. Then I thought they were dead. The fact that they won five straight, you can call it a big miss. If the Chiefs end up going into Orchard Park and kicking their ass, no one will remember that I said the Bills were dead, so it doesn't matter. This one, though, is a big miss. Let's go on to the Cowboys. Cowboys threw up on themselves versus Green Bay and Jordan Love on Saturday. Um, Probably put some jobs in jeopardy, but uh, everybody's asking for Belichick now. But Dak Prescott has, uh, what do you call it? He's he's choked in the postseason before. So you can't put all the blame on McCarthy. Uh, is the team a coach away from a Super Bowl, or do they have bigger problems in Dallas? Well, they got bigger problems. So, yeah, you got to fire McCarthy. But Dak looked scared. He just did. He's trying Eyes to throw as big d- as d- dink and dunks, man. They were down by like their entire score, and they're throwing three-yard passes. But but also like here's here's situation. Green Bay drives the field, scores a touchdown. Dak responds on the next two drives, three and out, and then or maybe six and out. Don't remember. Doesn't matter. I think it was six and out. Uh, and then the pick to Jair Alexander. Okay, not great. Down fourteen, nothing. Cowboys get in field goal range. Have a third and five. Dak takes a horrendous sack. Knocks them. I think they still could have kicked the field goal. Their kicker's awesome, but they end up punting. That's really bad. Now you're down 20 to nothing, but not dead because it's 20 to nothing. You're at the two-minute warning. You're on the Green Bay 40, and you're getting the ball at halftime. So it's like, okay, we go down here and score before the half, then get the ball at halftime, go score again. Next time Green Bay touches the ball, it's 20-14, to and the pressure has totally shifted, where it's like, holy crap, what happened? We dominated this whole half, and what does Dak do? Throws one of the worst pick sixes anyone has thrown in the playoffs (laughs) in years. Non-Joe Flacco category, right? So now you're 27 to nothing. Underrated mistake. The drive they score on, they have 12 seconds left. You have to throw into the end zone or else the half is going to end. Dak throws short of the end zone. CeeDee Lamb gets tackled half over. 
but the there was a penalty, so the Cowboys got one extra down or two extra downs, whatever it was. And then it's over. The game's over. And so I don't care they had 400 yards. And that is and and this is where your MVP season works against you. Or MVP level season. Because you were that good in the regular season, you're playing a bad defense, which is why, and we'll get to the Packers later, it's why I think the Packers are in real rough shape to Monza against the Niners. I don't think that Packers defense is good, and I think Kyle Shanahan is going to carve them up. Um, And Dak was terrible and looked scared. Uh, And so, and Dak is going, listen, Dak's contract's very simple. They own $60 million against the cap next year. And then $25 million the year after if he's not on the team. He has a no tag and a no trade. So unless you can convince him to waive his no trade and you trade him, your only viable option is to extend him. And when I say people are not going to believe the extension Dak is going to get, I am telling you right now, Dak Prescott is going to get $60 million a year. He's going to get, he might get five years, 300 with 175 guaranteed. And when the guy has just fallen short, in the, and I believed in the Cowboys this year. But yeah, a loss like that, and yes, Dan Quinn, their D coordinator, looked like he was game planning for his job interviews rather than for his head coach interviews rather than for the game. Jordan Love carved him up, all of it. But McCarthy's going to get fired, and it's very, very difficult to believe in Dallas from this point forward. We'll talk Jordan Love, and we'll play all interfold. We'll do it all next. What's right? This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp because your mental well-being matters. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is... Time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of that. Unlock the power of therapy with BetterHelp and witness the transformative benefits it brings to your life. From gaining valuable insights into your thought patterns to building resilience in the face of challenges. Therapy empowers you to navigate life's twists with confidence. BetterHelp offers a convenient online platform designed to be flexible, fitting seamlessly into your schedule. With a simple questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash right to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash right. Your mental health journey begins here. Welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 208. And this episode's brought to you by U.S. Bank. Winter can be a drag. We just got our first snow 
in 700 days in New York City, believe it or not. And thankfully, we have sports to get us through the early part of the year. If you ask me, nothing goes together like your favorite foods and your favorite teams, especially when it's cold out. NFL playoffs, pro basketball, you can just sit at home until the temperatures finally get warm. And the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card provides the perfect way to earn rewards, whether watching your team with other fans at a local restaurant or in the comfort of your living room. Earn four times points when you dine out or have food delivered. Maybe order a pizza, watch the big game on your big screen TV, and you can earn two times points at grocery stores, which is great if you're making some nachos at home for the big game. And if you're willing to brave the elements, even getting to the game can be rewarding as you'll earn two times points at gas stations and EV charging stations. Go to usbank.com slash altitude go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth 200 bucks if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Score big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash altitude go to apply and live every day your way. Limited time offer, credit or an issue of this card's U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA Incorporated. Some restrictions may apply. All right, Demonze, before we get to all in or fold, uh, Jordan Love, your guy... You planted your flag on him early. This could be Planted your first flag. one of these where you were out ahead of something. People thought you were crazy, mocked you a bit for it, and you might yeah. end up getting to take a victory lap on it. So go right ahead. Yeah, those on uh, Twitter said that I, I joined the bus a little too late. But, hey. Um, no. No, yes, no, no. We've we got the receipts on it. Yeah, I thought, I thought I started talking about it about a month, month and a half ago. But, hey, man. So you started talking about um, it right after Thanksgiving. It was right after yeah, the Thanksgiving. It was, it was honestly when we went to Wayne when we watched the game against the Chiefs, or am I wrong? Oh, well, it was right before that because we watched Copy. him together on Thanksgiving. And oh, he, yeah, and they destroyed. Yes, 100%. 100%. They destroyed. I just, yeah, I just speak so highly of him all the time, I forget, you know. Yeah, um, exactly but, right. But go ahead. But, yeah, so the, uh, Jordan Love, he carved them up. He was making the back foot throws. A couple times I thought he was going to get picked off, but he didn't. Um, but yeah, he carved those boys up. Do, do you think that Jordan Love has a claim of being the best quarterback in the NFC? So that is a wild statement. But, but then it's you not stop super crazy. About it. <laughs> so I Hold think on. the best quarterback in the NFC is Matt Stafford right now. I would have said Dak. But Dak's stock takes such a hit with that playoff performance. Stafford's stock goes up a bit with his gutsy playoff performance. Um, and But after Stafford, who are, like, people Cousins. are going to say this is way too... Yeah, but Cousins is now older and coming off a torn Achilles. People are going to want to throw Brock so, Purdy in there. People might be me. Um, stop it. But, uh, stop it. <laughs> We're not put. Um, I mean, He's, the party's top three. In okay. The NFC. So, oh, we'll so here's, but, uh, so here are the, so let's just go through the NFC quarterbacks quickly and quarterbacks that are good. We're going to put in one bucket. Okay. Dak Jalen. All right. One of your former guys, Daniel Jones, Sam Howell. They don't matter. Jared Goff, Jordan Love, Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, maybe one day. We're not there. Baker, 
no Derek Carr, no Ritter, no Bryce. Purdy, Stafford, Geno, Kyler. So there's 10 guys, okay? 10 guys that are worth a discussion here. Right now, this moment, I think Jordan Love's got to be top three in the conference. Now, this also speaks to the fact that Caleb's about to be able to come in there and wreck shop on that entire conference. But, yeah, I mean... See about all that. The Okay, yeah, we will. Caleb with his down here with his 32 <laughs> touchdowns, five picks, another 11 rushing touchdowns, 4,500 yards. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean... So it's, Golf and Stafford are where you're are the two you're putting no, above him, or you're not golf. putting Golf there? No, oh, you haven't ahead of Golf, right? No. So it's, it's oh Stafford and I'm not putting I don't know if I'm putting Golf ahead of Baker for the record. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not I'm not that impressed by Jared Golf. Like I'm impressed by the Lions. I'm not that impressed by Jared Golf. No, I the I mean I think it's right. Stafford, Love, Dak, and Jalen right now have to be your top four. It's just got to be. I mean, it's and people can say, and maybe this is going to look bad, and I feel a little squeamish about it, but Jordan Love has 21 touchdowns, one pick in his last nine games. I mean, the guy has been dealing. He's making off-platform throws, different arm angles, young and like, players. Under pressure, man. Under pressure. Under think- pressure. All these games are huge games because... They started four and six. It's pretty good. Amazingly. So my, in the my last flag's already up there. If you want to get up on the moon and put yours up there too, you can. There's room. Okay. In the last two and a half months, the only quarterbacks to beat Jordan Love are Tommy Cutlets and Baker Mayfield. Uh, it's really unbelievable. All right, let's play Tommy all in or fold. Let's go to calling him. Um, I, I didn't all in or fold. Go ahead. First off, we got CJ. Jordan Love won the only quarterback making his first start uh, playoff start on fire. C.J. Stroud dominated the best defense in the NFL Saturday. We know if that's the best defense anymore. Well, and yeah, he's younger than some of the top quarterbacks in the draft. All in or fold outside of Mahomes. Stroud is the best asset in the NFL. I'm not going to lie, man. Right he had now, like yes. two deep. He was carving them up with screen passes. Like he he no, had a couple also, people. No, but like, he also I mean he's throwing dimes. Yes, right now Stroud is other than Mahomes. Yeah, Stroud. It'd be it's Mahomes, and then there's discussion between Stroud and Josh Allen is where the discussion would be, with Caleb being in the next the number one pick of the draft. The value of that, but yeah, I that's I agree with that. I I agree with that. Next. Puka Nakua is already climbing into elite territory after a 200-yard game and a losing effort. Uh, you made the point this weekend that the list of top 10 receivers is nearly 30 people long. All in or fold, Puka is a top 10 wide receiver. All right, so this listen, right now Puka is looking like a top 10 receiver. But the, so, so this is the point I was trying to make. Gonna bring Once upon a time, all the best athletes played running back. Uh, then there were so many great running backs or good running backs. Running backs became expendable. Also, the game changed, and running back salaries went down. I feel like we are approaching a wide receiver salary bubble, and I'll explain it. So go to my tweet, if you would. 
So the tweet I wrote is, theory I'm working on. There's a wide receiver salary correction coming. Not due to the position losing importance like running backs, but due to there being... Oh, I used the wrong there there. That's terrible. Due to there being too many great ones. Position deeper than ever. Used the right than the, than, than there, though. Uh, and another load of draft class coming. In a couple years, there's going to be a money squeeze on them. All right, show the next tweet. So I then did this exercise where I basically said... Okay, here are the wide receivers. I think we can show the next tweet. If not, I'm going to have to recreate it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> List of wide receivers who people might argue are top 10 in no order. And I just kind of went team by team. Stephon Diggs, Tyreek, who's a no-doubter. Garrett Wilson, Amari Cooper, Jamar Chase, who's a no-doubter. T. Higgins, Nico Collins, Michael Pittman, Devontae Adams, uh, Keenan Allen, CeeDee Lamb, who's a no-doubter. A.J. Brown, who's a no-doubter. Devontae Smith, Amon Ross St. Brown, Justin Jefferson, who's a no-doubter. D.J. Moore, Mike Evans, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, D.K. Metcalf. You then add to it first and second year studs like Zay Flowers, Tank Dell, Rasheed Rice, Jaden Reed from Green Bay, Chris Olave, and Drake London. And I forgot Jordan Addison. So that's 29 guys, right? You then have Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, and Roma Dunze coming in from college. That's 32 guys that people think have top 10 talent. So I did not mention guys like Terry McLaurin or Calvin Ridley, for instance. Okay? the And so because of that, those guys' salaries are going to get squeezed, I believe. Calvin Ridley's a free agent this year. Sounds like, oh man, that's a number one receiver. Number one receivers make north of 20, Tyreek makes 30, 20, you know, 25 million a year. But if Calvin Ridley is the 35th best receiver in the league, what's that worth? He's good to be the the. You know, before the emergence of Rasheed Rice, be the best receiver on the Chiefs, be the best receiver on the Patriots. Uh, so what is it worth? And so there's so many good ones now that I think there's a salary squeeze coming. But Puka's been unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. All right, next. Did you see that little thing where it said, like, there was a bunch of uh, old teammates <clears throat> that Stafford played with? Like, a lot of a lot of his teammates break records because of him. Like because he's the guy. That's, oh, I didn't that's see that tweet. But, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, he's had Cal a couple yeah, other mean, people Calvin, break some records. And, I mean, Calvin is one of the greatest players ever. He would have broken records with or without him, but Cup broke records. Megatron, right? Got the trifecta, Puka Nakua. Like, yeah, no, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. All right, next. Uh, so Tua didn't have a great Wait, you game. You know what? I, the... I know. Hold on, real quick. Sorry, Demonte. I and I know we're short on time, but I want to do this real quick. Can we put back up my wide receiver? T- my wide receiver tweet. Sorry to the production staff. I know it's a pain in the ass. I just want to see if we can... All right, let's put it back up. If we had to make an actual top 10. So I said Tyreek, Chase, Lamb, Brown, and Jefferson are no doubt there. Okay? So let's do this like we did the Hall of Fame and see how who we can... Potentially get else get in there. Just looking at it, 
Devontae is still a top 10 receiver. So he's in. Amon Ross St. Brown is a top 10 receiver. So he's in. Mike Evans is still a top 10 receiver. So he's in. And we just said Puka Nakua is a top 10 receiver. So he's in. How many is that? That's nine. That's nine. So that means I'll list the other guys. There's room for one of these players as a top 10 receiver, and that's before Marvin Harrison Jr. and company come to the league. Stephon Diggs, Garrett Wilson, Amari Cooper, T. Higgins, Nico Collins, Michael Pittman, Keenan Allen, Devontae Smith, DJ Moore, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Cooper, Cooper Cup, DK Metcalf, Zay Flowers, Tank Dett. Well, those first, second-year guys aren't there yet. Alave, London, Reed, This Rice, is too hard. Addison. Too hard. That's my point. Top 10 list with 20 people in it. All right, now we can go to the next thing. Let's go to Tua. Uh, Tua didn't have a great game for the Dolphins. And Mostert and, and a chain. A-chan? Sorry, A-chan. A-chan combined A-chan. for just 14 yep. carries. All in her fold, Mike McDaniel deserves more blame. Deserves a little. I Listen, he his team was too cold. I know that sounds ridiculous, but they were too cold. <laughs> they were just too cold. And this is a point that I made last week, but I'm going to make again. Weird spot right now. Finesse speed teams can thrive in the NFC come the playoffs and cannot in the AFC. So if we're trying to kind of project moving forward, Demonze, the best teams in the NFC over the next few years, you would say Dallas, Philly, Detroit, Green Bay, San Francisco, Los Angeles. Those are the six teams kind of set up the best, right? Dallas, Detroit are in a dome. San Francisco, Los Angeles are warm weather. If you really want to believe in Tampa, which I'd love for people to include them, they're warm weather as well. Philly and Green Bay are the only two teams that if you are if they're hosting playoff games, you better be built for the cold. Okay? Now let's talk AFC, the team's best setup. Kansas City, Houston, Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Miami. There are, it's the it's the reverse. Only two of those teams are warm weather or a dome, Houston or Miami. So if you're in the AFC and you're trying to get to a Super Bowl, if you don't get home field advantage, you sure as hell better be built for the outdoors because the playoffs are going to be outdoors. And you're in the NFC, you can kind of build a track team in the short term. In the AFC, it ain't going to work that way. Just something interesting to monitor because that's, you know what I mean, is that kind of ebbs and flows. Uh, And yeah, Mike McDaniel, listen, Mike McDaniel did all he could with an undersized limited quarterback. By the way, that's another thing. Oh my gosh, Nick, when are you going to give to his respect? I, I'm not into this whole mass group think of, let's just, pre- so much of the media evaluation of football the last few years has operated as if the games weren't televised. It's like, well, <laughs> here you go, guys. Here's Tua's numbers versus Patrick Mahomes' numbers. How can you argue Mahomes has been better? And it's like, because the games are on f- TV. That's why. 
Oh my goodness gracious, Nick. Why won't you give Tua and Brock Purdy their respect? Because you get to watch them play. And Purdy, by the way, is better than Tua. It was, Purdy yeah. has impressed me more than Tua. Um, but it's the same thing. It's like the 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 if if we talked about the Dolphins the way we talked about the Niners, all year long it would have been, oh, what more does Tua need to prove? He scored 70 points. He leads the league in passing yards. Oh, you're going to hold against him that he has Tyree Kill? And it's like, no, I'm holding against him that he's undersized and can't throw a ball 30 yards in a stiff wind. That's what I'm holding against him. Oh, Nick, but his anticipatory throws, the way he tricks defenders with his eye movement, these are the things people are grasping for when it's like, yeah, I got it. You're going to have to grasp for those things because you're someone at a job interview who, you know what I mean, had a seven-year gap in your employment history, and you're like, well, listen, I, you know, I was helping out some family and, you know, I was, I was, you know, really finding myself. You don't have answers. And the answer is he's too little and not a good enough athlete. Sorry. It's pro sports. Like, that's the thing that frustrates me sometimes. People are like, oh, my God, you hold pedigree against guys. Pedigree. Do you know what pedigree is a synonym for? How good you've been your whole life. That's what pedigree is. And that works for or against you in everything. And people are like, oh, you don't like the undersized guys. It's sports. No, (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Unless you're Leo Messi, if you're undersized, it's going to hurt you. It's sports, guys. Bigger, stronger, faster. It matters. And people are like, like, I'm just curious. Has any one person looked at the... Chiefs Bills, one of the biggest games of the year is coming up. Anybody who's commenting on that game checked the weather? No. You know why? Because nobody gives a shit because they're like, oh, Mahomes and Allen, it doesn't matter. With Tua, it was the whole story. They were like, <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. It's going to be too cold. It's football. It would so, have been the I mean, same way if Trevor it. Lawrence was there, though. Like, if Trevor Lawrence had to go and well, play Trevor's in the Well, Trevor's in a weird like, spot because Trevor's 6'6 and has a strong arm, but right. he just can't handle the cold. It's actually, right. I mean, you could argue for Trevor it's more of an indictment because it's not a physical limitation thing. But that I'm glad you brought up Trevor. Nick, Uh-oh. why do you like Trevor so much? Listen, Trevor had a down year. And Trevor, you notice I didn't include the Jags on the team set up the best for success. I didn't include him when I was talking about the teams, you know, the players you'd most want. But the reason you can, I can at least, still believe that at some point he can be the player we've seen flashes of is because he does have the physical tools. It is available to him. It is that it, it, this there is a, a similar reason Demonze where, and I'm going to use a bad analogy, but I'll use it. If you didn't play basketball for three years, just didn't touch a basketball, and I hired a personal trainer and worked out five times a week for those three years, and then people just and then you and I were in a gym together both shooting around, and I'm out there, my form is perfect, all of these things, I'm doing everything right, and you, like your shot's a little off, you're not looking great, 
And then, like, near the end of the warm-up, you put you threw down a windmill dunk, which you can. And someone walked out of there and they were asked, hey, who do you think would win in one-on-one? If someone was like, well, that guy did just shoot 90%, looks <laughs> like he's been practicing, has all of it. But I'm going to take the other guy because I just believe in him more. They wouldn't be wrong. They, and even if in the short term I got the best of you, in the long term, you're going to get the best of me. Like, And so I know that sounds simplistic, but people are like, oh, Drew Brees did it. Russell Wilson did it. Yes, and the 04 Pistons won a title without a superstar. It's not that it's impossible. It's that whenever you have to go to the, hey, here's the one guy in history this applies to. It's like, okay, <laughs> you have Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. I have the other 40 best quarterbacks ever. So you have those two. I have everyone else. It's like, why can't Brock Purdy do it? Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. Like, I don't know, because you keep having to go to Tom Brady as your examples. Tom Brady also went to Michigan and is 6'5 and is awesome, 6'4. Um, so I just, I, 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 it's just so obvious. And sometimes the media, I think, tries to be more fair than they try to be honest. People think it is mean and unfair. That when Tua is leading the league in all the passing categories and his team is scoring 35 points a game, that it is unfair to have any opinion other than, man, gotta give him our respect. No, we don't. I respect him as a person, but I can be a fair evaluator of, I watch the games. So... All right, I, I listen. This is going to be. I thought this was going to be a fast show. This is going to be one of the longest. Trevor shows Lawrence ever. was the key uh, word. That's how we got here. No, it wasn't. It was Tua. It was. <laughs> I mean, people now are going to tear down Mike McDaniel. Here's the thing. People are like, "Oh, is it time we start scrutinizing Mike McDaniel?" Mike McDaniel is now being. A, he's a victim of the fact that he got the absolute most any co coach could ever get out of Tua. <laughs> Made him look way better than he ever was. And then, when it's time for big boy football, playing Steve Spagnuolo's defense in the playoffs, in the cold, and Tua is awful, people are like, why didn't McDaniel run the ball more? Well, why would he? You guys said <laughs> all year he might have the MVP ever. at quarterback. <laughs> Quick break right back, what's right. Welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 208. Uh, all right, so I was going to spend a long time on this. I've decided against it. There was an unfortunate incident at the Bulls game this weekend when they were retiring. And let's not even show the picture. It's kind of sad. They were commemorating the championship teams. And Jerry Krause, who passed away seven years ago, uh, was the first picture they put up. The whole Bulls crowd booed, and then they showed that he's not there because he's dead. His elderly wife is there, and she's crying because the whole crowd's booing her passed-away husband. And everyone used the opportunity to scold Bulls fans, who I don't think knew that, his, that the lady was there, but regardless. 
And nobody seemed to want to say the obvious thing, which is we all know whose fault this is, right? Uh, we know who absolutely vilified Jerry Krause while he was alive, while he was running the team, and then more unforgivably after he passed away in the Last Dance documentary just crushed him when he had no way to defend himself. And it's also the guy who couldn't have been, who wasn't, you know, couldn't be bothered to show up to that ceremony. It's Michael Jordan. So while everyone's scolding Bulls fans, when your local sports icon has told all of these people for more than a quarter century, this guy is a villain. This guy was working against us. Don't then blame the fans when they think they are reacting the way Michael would want them to. And all of a sudden, the casualty of that is this poor old lady who didn't deserve any of it. All right, Demonte, what are some of the listener questions before we get out of here? Because I got to run. Terrible. No Limit Dot asked, Nick, where do the Cowboys go from here after getting embarrassed? I mean, I think they fired McCarthy and try to get Belichick and see if Belichick can get the defense right enough and get the most out of Dak. I think that's what they do. Next. Uh, Sebastian Karaskillo Car- asked, are the Eagles this year uh, this year edition of last year's Vikings? Are the Eagles this year's edition of last year's Vikings? Yeah, but way more embarrassing because they uh, because they were, I mean, they they had been to the Super Bowl. And because right. they were, they had such higher expectations. More weapons. And the Vikings right. never, the Vikings never full on fell apart. The Eagles were ten and one, and then lost six of seven, and were a total disaster. All right, last one. Pick your favorite one. Uh, let's see. Will Wilkich asked question for Demonze. What is your favorite take on this year? You were one hundred percent right on over Nick. Uh, Jordan Love, Lamar. Uh, Jordan Love, Lamar, and the Ravens making the playoffs. So many to choose from. Um, I wow. I, I gotta say, man, the, the Jordan Love one made me feel really good. Like I was, I watched that game and I was just like really excited. For I the don't guy. think People though that I was you and I that. were diametrically opposed on Jordan Love. Yeah, it's that's not a, like that's I was, was anti-Jordan Love. Yeah, no. I mean, no, I did. Wait, hold on, I had hold, the on hold on, hold on. I did say, I did say that he was gonna be a top five quarterback in the next. Like I said this verbally yeah. to you, and mm-hmm. you like yeah. scoffed at it. You were like, oh. Well, that's that's generous. Say it you again. Know? Let's do it again. Jordan Love is going to be a top five quarterback in the next three years. Yeah, that's Wait, that's top, yeah, that, that's still and, ridiculous. That's still okay. Ridiculous. Oh, so you're, you're on the air now? So now it's documented, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it's still in the next ridiculous. Three years. All right, sweet. In the next, th- I'm sticking years. by it. He's only got I like mean, ten the, more years the, of playing. Okay, and, and my point is at no point. Okay. So when Super when is Jordan Love? When is he going to be better? Then let's just go through it real quick. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, CJ Stroud, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. When's he going to be better than any of those five? In the next. And I didn't years. even mention anybody else. Okay. All right. We'll see. Good show. Good job, Demonze. Talk to you guys. I got Colin. I got the show. I think I got Collins podcast. Got a lot to do. I got to run. See you guys later. What? <laughs> 
Hey, it's Nick Wright. Thank you so much for watching. Please do us a favor. Click subscribe. It helps my ego. And Demonze's got a financial bonus writing on a number of YouTube subscribers. So help him out. And also, click the bell. I don't know what the bell does, but they tell me to tell you to click the bell. And your audio listeners, people that have commutes, drives, whatever it is, subscribe to the podcast as well, wherever you get the podcast. Same show, just, you know, just in your ears instead of through your eyes. All that. Check it out. Appreciate y'all.